everyone. Welcome back to today's podcast called Hope for Today. And it is my privilege to bring you a message from the Word of God and what God has been laying on my heart. I'm glad you are here. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be part of this podcast. And at the end, I would love to hear a comment from you. I'd love to hear what God's been doing in your life. Feel free to reach out whether it's leaving a comment or an email, I so appreciate that very much. So today we're going to be talking about what is on your to-do list. You know, life is getting busy. Have you noticed that? There's like a tingling in the air. There's a buzz in the air. Things are opening up a little bit here and there. Depending on what state you live in, you have different privileges and opportunities to get out there. Churches are starting to come back that maybe haven't been running regular services Yes, things are a little different. Things are not what we knew to be the normal. And as I have on my own personal blog, my statement on my blog is, I found my new normal and it's a moving target. So if we can kind of get ourselves in that mindset that the normal we did know really isn't the normal anymore. And I don't know what the normal is today, but listen, get your to-do list ready. I Listen, I'm a planner. I... I have a planner. I love writing down things in my planner. Actually, I wanted to bring my planner and show you and I forgot to bring it. So we're going to pretend I have one here. But I, every night, go through my calendar and I look at the next two weeks and I review it with my husband. What's happening? Who has what doctor's appointments? And, you know, all that good stuff. What family are we getting together with? What do we have to plan for? I love making lists. I make lists within lists. I'm a list maker. That's just me. That's my personality. It keeps my sanity. It keeps me productive. I love being productive. And um, I like all that stuff. It really helps me. It helps me stay organized. So um, I, I, I think it's in very um, valuable to make a list and make a plan for the day and to kind of project, you know, maybe the next couple of days. But one of the things I have to be so careful of is that because I'm a list maker and because I use my planner, I write things down and like I want them done. But I need to remind myself, and I had a friend remind me last night about a plaque I have in my wall at home. And the gist of it is in a thousand years from now, what will be remembered? is basically the gist of it. And the investment that I make in my kids, it's not washing the dishes, it's spending time with my kids. And that's, it's a its a poem, but it's a good reminder. You know, when you think about a thousand years from now, if you think a thousand years ago, you know, who lived this earth and, and how many thousands of years ago was it that, you know, the disciples were here and we're reading their story all these years later, would they have ever thought the things that the Lord taught them or the things that um, happened during Bible times. We are now reading in the Bible and still learning thousands of years later. We're learning from that. Is what we're doing going to really make a difference? Hmm. So what's in my planner for today? Some of the things are when I go home, I do need to run to the grocery store. Don't need much need to pick up a few things. I need to work on my budget. End of the month, got to get caught up on the budget. I definitely need to do some wash or we might not have clothes for tomorrow. And uh, my husband and I are planning 
We're not going away away this year for a lot of different reasons, but we have a lot of day trips planned for like a vacation day trip. So I need to make plans for that. Talk to him about what the date is. What provisions do we need? Do we need to stay on overnight? Do we need to get someone to watch the dog? You know, all these everyday things. I had to make a note today what my hours were at work. Am I working this shift or that shift? And then I come to work and I have a planner for work. What's my day going to include at work? See, all these things are, um, you know, we're always planning. We're always, we're always thinking ahead. We're always trying to be diligent and organized. I don't know. Are you like that? So in, in saying that, is this a good thing? Absolutely. In the book of Proverbs, you know, we can joke about, oh, the Proverbs 31 woman, but there is a verse in Proverbs that talks about being mindful and taking care of your home. And this is something we need to do. I mean, I need, as a wife and a mother, I need to make sure my family has clean clothes and that we have groceries that I can make a meal out of and we have a stockpile and, and that the budget and the bills get paid and that I make plans for visiting my family and, you know, church events. This is all good. It's great. But like I said, I can get caught up in this because of my personality and forget, oh, Lynn, those dishes, yes, they need to be done, but they could wait a day. I'm not talking about wait a month. They could wait a day. They could wait a few hours because your son just walked in and needs to talk to you. How many times have we been so caught up in our own plans and we've neglected the, um, what would we say, a divine appointment, walked in? The phone rang and it's somebody that needs prayer. My son walks in, he had a bad day, he needs to talk. My husband comes home from work and he's, oh, he's had a tough day and he needs to spend time with me. And I'm like, um, could you mind just sitting? I just want to get the load of wash on and get these dishes done and we'll connect later. No, Lynn, no, no, no. Priorities, priorities, priorities. I have to remember as much as I make plans, the Lord needs to intercede and tell me, what I need to be doing. I need to allow him, I need to make plans, absolutely. Because you can't go through life not making plans. But I need to make plans and commit it to the Lord and say, Lord, you know what's going to happen in today. I don't know. I'm making plans based on what I think. But the Lord is already in tomorrow. So he knows what's going to happen today. And I need to be, prepare my heart, prepare my, my attitude and my flexibility and everything that goes with that to know that I have to be prepared for if God sends something my way and be flexible to say the dishes can wait or I could do that little wash later or whatever the case might be. So what else, if we're going to talk about a to-do list, you know, this is like a buzzword. Oh, you know, what's on your to-do list? And you got a planner and you got a calendar and whatever. What does the Bible tell us, in a sense, to add to our to-do list? I was curious because because I'm like productive like that. Are you guys like that? Do you like to? I know some people that, oh, I, I wing it. I just, you know, we just go with the flow. I can't do that. I, to a point, can do that if it's a vacation day and we're just going to go for a drive. That's great. But when it comes to doing things at work or if I'm in charge of an event, I need to plan out. What are some things that the Bible talks about? Let's go over that. So the first thing I would say that's on your to-do list would have to be believing in Jesus. How do you do anything in life if you don't have the Lord in your life? I, I, 
I don't know. I can't function. We, you know, as Christians, we'll say, how does somebody go through that without the Lord? I don't know. I really don't. I have a tough time and I have the Lord in my life getting through life. And usually it's because I forgot to rely on the Lord and he's right there. And it's like, Lynn, wake up. You have the Lord in your life. He says, cast all your burdens upon him. And I don't do that. But if we go to Acts 16, 31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. The next thing I was thinking of, a daily thing to add to our list that we should be seeking for every day. So every day to add to our to-do list. This is a daily thing, seven days a week, all the time. This is not a, you know, a once a week or a once a month ad. This is a daily thing. What do we seek? What should we be seeking? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, 33. I need to add to my to-do list, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Remember I said I make a plan and I make a list and then that divine appointment comes along? If I make my plan and my list prayerfully, Lord, here's the chores of my home that I need to get done. Here's the things above and beyond my chores that I'd like to do. But Lord, allow me to mentally absorb, allow my spirit to understand I need to seek first these things that the Lord wants for me to do. Seek ye first his kingdom. A thousand years from now, those dishes will not matter. But a thousand years from now, when I have sought after his kingdom, that will make a difference. I would say the next thing to add to our to-do list that the Bible tells us is to read the Bible. Do we put that in our list? Some people do. Um, I know people that will say on the regular, it's the first thing I do, or I have this set time for it or whatever. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. We need to be in the word every day, every single day, not just at nine o'clock in the morning or 4 a.m. or whatever time you set aside. This is throughout the day. Reading scripture, remembering scripture, memorizing it so it comes to mind when you're in a tough spot and you don't have your Bible, that verse comes to mind. Listening to praise and worship, listening to hymns, absorbing everything that we can. As we do that, we will then seek the Lord first. Another thing, get involved in your local church. The Bible talks about, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Hebrews 10, 25. We talked about this a few podcasts ago. We need to be part of the body of Christ, not just saying I'm a Christian and yeah, I've got brothers and sisters. No, no, no. This isn't a distance relationship. This is get down to your local church down the street and be part of that ministry. Be part of it. Don't just show up at 11 o'clock on Sunday. Be part of it. Be a teacher. What does the Lord want you to do? Be part of that fellowship. Connect with those people. Are you lonely? Are you, are you feeling out of sorts? Is your normal wacky and weird? Yeah, we get all that. We're all in the same boat, but getting back to church and getting back to being involved in, with the Lord's people and rubbing elbows and rubbing shoulders with these people. I know some of them are a pain in the neck. I get it. We all have people in church that just drive us crazy. They wanted to do it this way. We know we should do it that way. 
we're going to come to that. I get all that. I know people are just people, but you know what? They're looking at me saying the same thing. Oh, Lynn Wilson, she always wants to do it this way. You know what? We need to get over ourselves. We need to be in fellowship, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, seeking first his kingdom. Another thing to add to your to-do list today, forgiving others. Do not judge, do not, um, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven in Luke 6, 37. Listen. How many times I woke up this morning and I was praying about somebody that, oh, they just, you know, one of those people that, uh, it, it, they were driving me crazy, let's just say. And I, I, they came to mind and I prayed about it. And I, I was praying for them that the Lord would just, you know, let them see what's wrong with themselves. And then the verse comes to mind of taking the two by four out of my own eye and trying to worry about the speck that's in their eye. Now, maybe they have a two by four, but that's not for me, you know, and I needed to ask the Lord, what's my part in this? How can I make it right? How can I work alongside this person? How could we accomplish the task that God has given us to do? Listen, whether it's a coworker, it's somebody in your church, it's a family member, maybe it's your own kids or your spouse. There's going to be times where you're just judging and you're condemning. We ought not to be doing that. We need to just committed to the Lord in a very humble spirit that if there is sin in their life or there's something not right, we need to ask the Lord to intervene, but not in such a way of going, yeah, I'm better than you and you need to fix up your act because I got it all together. That is not the case. What should be on my list throughout the day? Hmm, there's something. Okay, so my to-do list usually consists of I need to do the wash, so, okay, check, put on a little wash. Go to the grocery store, check, go to the grocery store. But here's something I was thinking about that is on my list throughout the day. Now, there's 24 hours in the day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 52 weeks in a year. All of this needs to be with this thought in mind. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a uh, warped and crooked generation. And Philippians 2.14. No grumbling and no arguing. Okay. Does that mean complaining? Can I complain a little bit? Mm, no. Can't do that either. Okay. Who likes to complain? <sighs> I can't believe this. I got to do this. Now, you know, there's times we joke around like, oh my goodness, it's, I'm, I'm going crazy. I got too many things to do. There's a way of joking and having fun and, and having a moment of, <gasps> got to get my breath. But we need not to be complaining with each other. How many times have I come to you and said, do you know what they want me to do? Do you have any idea? And I tell you, and they're like, and you're going, well, that's not right. You shouldn't have to do that. And then we start in this bandwagon and then we pull other people on board and, oh, what can happen then? We're going to get into that in a moment. No grumbling and no arguing. Lynn Wilson, are you listening? Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, I am, am not to argue. I am not to grumble. I am not to complain. What's another thing to add to your to-do list? Prayer. Yeah, prayer. Uh, duh, like why am I not thinking of this? Rejoice at all times. Prayer. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. 
we go to certain Mennonite groups and Amish groups and the women wear pre uh, prayer caps or head coverings. And people, oh, isn't that funny? That's so old-fashioned. Is it? Is it old-fashioned? You know, if we had a physical thing on our head, would we be more mindful to prayer all day long and to pray without ceasing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they know more than we do. Maybe they're onto something that, you know, that's that constant reminder to them that they are to be in prayer on a, on a continuous basis throughout the day. Another thing, we talked about this a few podcasts ago as well, to care for the widows and orphans. Get that on your to-do list. What can you be doing for the widows in your church, in your neighborhood, in your own family? Orphans, how can you be helping? What could you be doing? This isn't, an, the Lord says, well, if you have nothing else to do, maybe you want to add this. That is not what the Lord says. It says in the Bible to care for them. He tells us to do this. This isn't a matter of, you know, maybe I'll throw $10 as a donation. And whether it's money, time, resources, or whatever, he tells us to do it. The last thing I want to get into, and this has just been, it's been coming up in church. It's been coming up here at work. It's been coming up in meetings. It's been coming up in my devotions. It's been coming up in conversations that I'm having with people. You know, when the Lord wants you to get a message, he's going to get it to you. I don't care if you read it on the back of a cereal box. Sometimes you read something and you go, there, there it is again. I went to two church services yesterday. My son was preaching in an early service at his church. So we went there and then I went to our church after that double dipping. And I'll tell you, it is so amazing when God is at work, God is at work. My son and my pastor are acquaintances. They don't know each other. They don't share notes. And yet their messages were so in sync with each other. Kind of like, okay, Lord, you sent me to two messages and I heard the same thing from two different men from a different perspective, but it's the same message. I better be getting this. We're going to look in John 13, 1 through 17. I'm going to quickly go through this. This is Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. Uh, it was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to his Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. In the evening, meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and he took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He said to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, meaning one person in that group. For he knew who was going to betray him, meaning the Lord, and that was why he said not everyone is clean. 
When he had finished washing their feet, he put on the clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher, you call me Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you uh, for you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Verily, very truly, I tell you, no servant greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you, if you do them. So what's happening here? What, what just happened? Okay, let's summarize this real quick. The Lord is going to his death. He's not only going to his death for, you know, to, to um, obey his father, but he's, he's dying for these disciples because he loves them. He died for me, who wasn't even born and wasn't even a thought at least to my parents. Um, the Lord knew I'd be created and the Lord knew when I'd be born, but he took my name to the cross then. Here is the Lord the night before he's going to, try, uh, to die on the cross for all of us. And he's sitting with a bunch of men at a table and they're all arguing with each other as to who's the better one. I don't know about you, but you know, you see these pictures hanging on the wall of the Last Supper and, oh, it looks like this, you know, you can almost hear angels singing and they're all sitting at this table and, and a, a beautiful oil painting and they have bowls of food in front of them and maybe, you know, um, flasks of wine there and grapes on the table or whatever. And you see the Lord at the end of the table and they all look like this perfect picture. That's not what it was. Here they are fighting amongst themselves and grumbling and complaining about who's better and so on and so forth. And the Lord had to basically say, hey, time out, people. What's going on here? And it says the Lord, you know, like he had it like a jacket, you know, the way they dressed back then. And he took off his outer cloak and he, and it's kind of like he, let's roll up our sleeves. Like we're getting down to business here. I want to, I want to show you by example that you're no better than anybody else and nobody else is better than you. And we need to love one another. We need to take care of one another. We need to serve one another. Here, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, God in the flesh is going to kneel down and wash the disciples' feet. He's going to the cross for them. Is he not done enough that he's going to go to the cross, but now he's washing their feet? And back in Bible times, this is a big deal. You know, uh, this is a very, this is a, this is a moment, so to speak. And the Lord washed their feet and then he dried their feet. And he said, here's, I give you an example of this. You need to love one another. Stop this bickering and stop this arguing. And, you know, can go one of two ways. We could look at the picture of these disciples and think they had it together, which they didn't. Or we look at them sometimes and go, oh, those disciples, you know, a bunch of guys hanging out, doing all the wrong things. And because their sin is on paper and because their attitudes are on paper and because their names are attached to a story, we see that. Nobody sees the story inside my own heart. Lynn Wilson's story is not written on a piece of paper for you to read, for you to know my thoughts. I am no better than these men. I am absolutely no better. And if the day I think I am better, oh, Lord, I'm telling you, it, when you get that way, pride comes comes before a fall, the Lord will smack you upside the head and, sh and just chop you right down and you're right on your face in a heartbeat. I've been there, don't want to be there again. 
So they're grumbling over who's better. The Lord is ready to head to his death. He rolled up his sleeves to set an example of what they should be doing. He really showed them, you have to humble yourself. This isn't a matter of, okay, fine, I'm going to wash your feet. Let's just get this out of the way. No, 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 no. That's not the point. The point is that the Lord wants us to truly submit one to another, to love one another, to take care of our brother or sister in Christ. I was thinking through this, and I might be stepping on a few toes, but listen, you got another foot, so if I step on the toes on this foot, you still have another foot to walk. But I really feel the Lord prompting me to say some of this, and I don't know who's listening. I don't know where you fit into all this, but I know the Lord is leading me to say it. Are we loving our brothers and sisters in Christ the way we should be? Am I? Am I doing it? I hear people say all the time, oh, don't worry about it. They're, they're just joking. No, people don't joke. People joke because they want to get a point across and they figure, you know, if you add a little humor to it, it smooths it out, but you could still make your point. That's not the way to be doing things. We are causing church splits. How many of you, raise your hand, have been in, involved in a church split? Maybe not the cause of it, but it has, you have been in a church that has had a split. How did it start? Somebody started grumbling and complaining, started talking to other people. Next thing you know, there's a church split. How is that benefiting the church? How is that benefiting the people on both sides? It's not. How many of you have stopped talking to a family member because of a argument, because of a situation, because of I don't even know what? I hear people, oh, I haven't talked to my, my father in 20 years. I, I, I've not had that situation. I'm not saying that there aren't situations that would make it tough to continue talking to a family member. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you, this is not what the Lord wants. How many of us need to go make it right with a church member? How many of you might need to make it right with the pastor because you caused this grumbling and complaining that maybe helped stir the pot and now there's a church split? How many of you are not loving your family members the way Christ said to humbly submit yourselves and to serve one another? How many of you are taking a platform on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok? I don't care. Whatever is out there, whatever social media is out there, you hear this all the time. It's so easy to send a tweet or to send a post or to do something like this. And with a flip of a switch, you can click on something, like something, leave a comment, whatever the case might be, and never have to face anybody face-to-face -face and explain your point. How many of us are ruining our testimony and are tainting the Christian world because we have an agenda and we have something to say, and I'm right and you're going to listen to me? Who put you in charge? How many of us are doing this and are hurting the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, the, the Lord reigns. Victory has already happened. The Lord can change and do anything. I mean, he's all-powerful. 
We have a part, though, in what goes on. I don't want to be a part of something where the Lord says, what were you doing? What were you thinking? How could you have said that? Now look at all these people that you've brought down with you. I, I, I don't want to be a part of that. I can talk about Christians because I'm a Christian. I could talk about Christians because I, I'm in the Christian circle. I'm not so much in the secular world, and I'm not so much in the unbelieving world. To a point, I am. But I'm talking to Christians right now. So if you're a Christian and you're listening, you and I, we're, we're talking here. We like to pick fights. And I have people say, Lynn, you know, we do. We like to pick a fight. Christians. If we didn't like that, we wouldn't have church splits. We wouldn't have issues with, you know, I'm not talking to so-and-so in the church because they're this or that, the next thing. We pick fights over skin color. I have a blended family. I get it. I get it. I know what we go through with being a blended family and the looks we get and the innuendos we get. I get it. And this is from church people, not my current church. But we've been in a church settings, let's just say. And I get it. I get the innuendos. I get the looks. I get it. Why are we doing this? Who, what makes you better? Cultures. We get offended by, you know, this culture does it this way and that culture does it this way. Well, you grew up in this continent and I grew up in that continent and they do it this way and I do it that way. Does it make it right? Does it make it wrong? That's just the way they do it. Can we not be respectful of that? Okay, so we can talk about sports teams. I am not a sports fanatic. I'm not a sports person. But I can respect those that love sports. And you love, you know, your team. And you're rooting for your team. And you can't wait to see if they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I don't know enough about sports to know what the baseball, if they have something like that, or hockey, or tennis, or golf, or whatever the case might be. And you're all excited and you're rooting for your team. Great. Enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with that. God gave us things in life to enjoy. But if I don't root for your team and I have another team and your team is blue and my two team is green and or your team is red and my team is purple, who cares? Does it really matter? Can I not just say, you know, like friend to friend, I might joke and yeah, I know who, you know, I know who you're rooting for and, you know. But we get into fights over this. There are fist fights. There's worse than that over a sports team. You don't even know these people and you're fighting about a sports team. You vote for I voted for. Who did you vote for? Who did I vote for? Does it really matter? Listen, we pray about it. We think we know who we want into office, whether it's local, it's national, whatever. You voted for them, they got in, great. You voted for them, they didn't get in, great. Whoever is in the current position of whatever office we're talking about, you need to be praying for that person, that God will lead and direct them. If they're not a believer, we need to pray that God makes them a believer and intercedes and brings other people into their path that are born-again Christians that can witness to this person that's in office. God can do anything. How little faith we have that we don't think God can save somebody that's in an office position in the government. Listen, they need our prayers, and the Bible talks about praying for those and respecting those in those positions. But we sit there and fight. We get segregated in everything that we do, whether it's a sports team, it's culture, it's skin color, 
It's what version of the Bible you read. It's do we have pews or do we have chairs or do we paint the walls or do we have carpet or do we put down linoleum or whatever. Why are we fighting about stuff that will not matter a thousand years from now? You do your to-do list every day. You write it, write it in your planner and your calendar of what you need to get done at work and at home. And yet we don't take the time to do a to-do list about what the Lord is directing us to do based on scripture. Everything in our life, everything that comes out of our mouth, things that we think about, everything that we do should be based on scripture, not what we think. It should be based on what the Lord is directing us to do. I don't think the Lord, I know the Lord does not direct us to root for a team and then fight about it. The Lord's, you know, he, he made flowers to look beautiful, things for us to enjoy as a human being. There's nothing wrong with having a sports team that you like, but don't pick a fight over it. Don't pick a fight over things like vaccinations. Listen, we always as Christians are picking fights. I don't know why we do this. Now the big thing is, did you get vaccinated? Did you not get vaccinated? Regarded, regarding the virus. That is your personal choice. That's your personal decision. There is nothing in scripture that says you need to or you don't need to. You do what God is directing you to do. What God is directing me to do, he might not direct you to do that. And there's various reasons why. It is not for me to pick apart your decision that you made and be mad at you and angry with you and embarrass you in front of other people. Do you know they did or they didn't and this and that? Why are we doing this? I heard in a church-like setting, let's just say, two people arguing about this on the front lawn where the neighbors could hear or people driving by or you see the hands going. You know it's not, you know, how you doing? You see hands like this, you know they're probably having a fight over whether or not to get vaccinated. People, what are we doing? A thousand years from now, will it really matter? No. Whew. The Lord went to his death for both you and me. And before he did, he saw the disciples who spent time with him for how many years? He trained them. He taught them. He loved them. He lived with them. He showed them by example over and over and over. They saw miracle upon miracle. They saw the Lord in action. We have to take it on faith value. We read scripture and we pray and we feel the presence of God. They were with Jesus. They touched his hands. They could sit and ask him a question like, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, hey, can I ask you a question? We don't have that privilege. They did. And they fought with each other. Who was better than the next one? What were they doing? What are we doing? Listen, what is wrong with us? A personal preference is not necessarily scripturally based. Now, with that being said, there are things black and white in the Bible. There's Bible verses after Bible verses that say heaven and hell. There's a heaven, there's a hell, black and white. There are other areas in the Bible that are gray issues. I'm not here to debate them, but I will tell you this. If you humbly go before the Lord, the word humbly, go before the Lord and ask the Lord to, Lord, bring me to a sense of peace, to know God is not the author of confusion. Lord, I need peace on this decision. What do you want me to do? That decision is something between me and the Lord. You ask me, I'm going to tell you, but I don't want you coming at me. You're not the one to come at me. You are not the one to be, and I'm not the one to come at you. Why are we doing this to ourselves? What is on your to-do list today? Wash, 
great. Groceries, great. Take care of your home. Whether you're the one in the home, you have children, you have a spouse, you have, you're caring for your parents, you have, you know, whoever's in your family, take care of them. Proverbs tells us to take care of our home. That's great. What other things are on your to-do list? Is there someone you need to forgive today? Were you part of a church split or, you know, roast pastor on Sunday? Were you part of that and you need to go make it right? Have you lost connection with a family member over a debate that you probably don't even remember what it's about at this point? Do you need to make it right? What's on your to-do list? Who do you need to love? Who do you need to wash their feet? Maybe not physically, but spiritually. Who do you need to get before and humble yourself and that gesture of, like the Lord said, here I show you by example of washing feet. Who do you need to humble yourself and take care of? Who do you need to love? I'm going to leave that with you for this week. What is on your to-do list? I would love to hear from you how God is working in your life. Leave a comment below. Shoot me an email. Thank you so much for taking time again out of your busy schedule to be part of this podcast. Let's see what God's going to do in your life and my life this week. And we'll catch you on the next video.